With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to a midweek episode of In That Number, episode 95, Chances with Wolves. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah. Today, we will be discussing Monday night's fixture against Wolves and look ahead to Sunday's game at home to Manchester United. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton, and Tim Bizantz to help me break down the events at Molyneux. But firstly, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humour, and you smell. Good point, well made. <laughs> uh, how are you this week? Smelly. It's been a long day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but other than that, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, it's intense as ever. The snow's all gone, so it's a bit of the luster taken out of. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll be back. Walking maybe. around in the dark. Oh, yeah, at some point. It will be back. Um, and Tim, Tim, how are you faring? 
Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, just like 30 minutes ago, I was surprised with the, uh, the pies that they gave away from, uh, the Thanksgiving gift from Premier League in the USA. So I, I'm pretty sure that was Matt Markstone over at Southampton Delivery who got, get nominated me for it. But, um, so it makes me really happy. It makes me really thankful that I'm, friends with you guys and i'm really thankful it's thanksgiving coming up so yeah it's gonna be delicious lots of good food and hopefully things slow down at work but i don't anticipate that uh just nonetheless gonna take it in stride enjoy the day uh and and go from there steak and kidney pies uh i haven't looked at them there's one's pumpkin pot and then they have two english pies so i don't know if they're meat or what whatever they might be mm. you'll have to let us know yeah definitely yeah. Before we start, um, I think uh, congratulations is order in, in order. Um, we have to say a big uh, happy birthday to our beloved and wonderful Southampton Football Club, who turned 135 uh, this week. <laughs> You're a <time>. um, <laughs> uh, And of course, the, the host and everything leader of the In That Number podcast, Ray Hunt, who's turned a little bit less than 135. Yes, I have. Uh, thanks, Kev. Yeah, that was um, that was lovely. I was sat here going, oh, oh, I'm blushing, but then yeah. <laughs> the white chocolate lover himself. Yeah, who doesn't love white chocolate? Thank you. It was um, different different birthday this year, obviously, because we can't go anywhere. I can't have anybody over, so it was just uh, pretty much what I've been doing for the rest of the um, rest of the year, just stuck in. It's it's okay. It's, it is what it is. But um, I tell you what, I, I watched a pirate copy of that Queen DVD the other day. It was um, yeah, it's a really really crap quality though. I could only see a little silhouette of a man. Garbage. <laughs> I was I was expecting a bigger laugh than that, but. <laughs> uh, I was wondering where it was going. Anyway, uh, a little bit of sad news to open the show. Um, I'm sure you're all aware by now that the news that Diego Maradona has died this evening. That's Wednesday evening. Uh, In my opinion, yeah, the the greatest player of all time, just an icon. And and we grew up on that hand of God and the second one in that England game in the World Cup 86, known as the goal of the century. Just true artist. We've all lost an absolute genius, and it's just a sad night for football. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't have said a bit of myself. I didn't believe it. No! I heard it, like, you know, just... An hour or so ago, sent a message to you straight away. Yeah, and you kind of you broke it to me because I was looking at all the all the different news outlets and I couldn't find it anywhere. I, w- I went straight away onto onto Sky. I, I turned the TV over and they weren't reporting it. And I thought, oh, is this is this just speculation? And we were trying to find out and we were messaging backwards and forwards. And then in about half an hour later, it was all it was everywhere. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's horrible. Tim, we we've had an email and a request from Paul Gilliam. I shall read you this email, if I may. Really enjoying listening to your pods, but I do have one request. When you have US guests on, please can you make sure they don't use that horrible word, soccer. I worked on a summer camp many years ago in Upper State, New York, and if any kid called it soccer, I made them do 10 push-ups as punishment. So it got me thinking, right, we should be doing the same thing here. But every time it's mentioned, we need to post a video of that offender doing said push-ups and what do you think that's not a challenge that's just <laughs> making me exercise which i don't mind at all <laughs> bring it on i think now that, that there are two banned words from this podcast soccer and portsmouth now i realize that in stating yeah yeah that's what i, re- I realize in stating these rules that i have said them multiple times but starting from now you can say 
cunt all you like, but you can't say the S or the P word. <laughs> I, I normally do. <laughs> I know. I think everyone knows that. Um, yeah, Wait, so, we're starting now? Is that is that how it is? is yeah, we're start, so it's officially now? Officially now. Yes. Okay, soccer, soccer, oh! soccer, soccer, soccer. I have to think of a better punishment. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, thanks to Paul Gilliam for the email um, suggestion. And a and five-star review he gave us as well. So and that was really nice. I hope the weather is uh, staying lovely for you in Grand Canaria. Um, and don't forget, anyone can give us a five-star review. It's really, really appreciated. Do it now. Go on. Here you go. Um, and ask uh, for details to join our Discord as well, because we are very welcoming. It'll be nice to uh, chat to some new people in there. All right, on with the show then. Uh, Kevin, we've got... I say, we've got, we're a little shorter episode this week because we're doing it midweek but we do have a few bits of news to tie up this is itn in that number news um yeah of course big news uh romeo has signed a contract to take him to the end of the 22-23 season First of a, a batch of contracts we were kind of waiting for with bated breath. And, yeah, he's been just such a professional this season. And last he's stepped up to take the place of Pierre-Emil Hoiberg in that midfield. And I'm, I, for one, am very glad that he's going to be staying consummate professional. So, good news there. Yep, all good. A bit of strange news this week. Shay Adams has potentially going to get a call up for Scotland because he's eligible to play through a grandfather. I did not know that. No. Apparently, he's also eligible for Antigua and Barbuda. So, no, I wonder um, what he's going to take. Hmm. It's a three-way. And, and, of course, England. He's already played for the under-20s uh, so far. But, I mean, if, if you were him, what would you? Would you hold out for the England call-up from Gareth Southgate? That's oh, not going to happen. Honest, <laughs> honestly, I would, I would go with Scotland if I were him. Yeah. He's going to be the number one man there, surely. No disrespect to Scotland, but he can get into that team, you know, easier than it would be for England. I and mean, he's got to compete with Kane and Rashford for many more years. So, yeah, I think Scotland, he should go for Scotland. I don't think he should be going for Antigua and Barbuda, if I'm honest. But, yeah. Nice way Lind- to uh, Lyndon Dykes is doing a really good job up there. But, yeah, between those two great start, uh, two-punch uh, two strike partnership, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, fans could be back into the stadium after lockdown ends on December the 2nd. And there's an announcement due tomorrow, I believe. Yes. Um, on whether that's going to happen. But, yeah, the current draft plan is that there'll be a maximum of 4,000 fans or 50% capacity, uh, yeah, whichever is the, the greatest uh, in Tier 1, or half that, say 2,000, or again, half capacity in Tier 2. Now, Hampshire was in Tier 2 before we went into lockdown, is that right? No, they are in Tier 1, weren't they? Sorry, I, I've, I've got it written down here that Hampshire was in Tier 1 mm. uh, before we went into lockdown. But um, I don't know it, well, what the situation's like now. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a city or a county thing because... But, <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> that place up the M27, mm. we're on the verge of moving up to Tier 2. Um, so I don't think it's fair to cover the whole, you know, county... Because it's varying, it's varying from city to city and town to town. To town. I, I just, but like, you know, there's no point in speculating what tier we're going to be in until we've heard from the PM. And as you said, Kev, I think he is due to give details on that 
uh, on Thursday. So as you're listening to this, we'll probably know the full extent regarding the, the tiered systems. But we, we can always chat more about it on Sunday, can't we? But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where we're going to be, to be honest. When you say that, the skates have been waiting to get up to Tier 2 for several seasons now. But they always <laughs> get knocked out in the playoffs. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, a couple of other events. Saints B uh, managed to grind out a nil-nil draw against Liverpool. Yeah. Good on Bojack Horseman. Um, and yeah, the five subs rule, uh, since we last recorded, that's been quashed. Um, but Ralph and Saints have, uh, both backed the idea in principle, but, um, majority voted against it. That did surprise me, if I'm honest. I'm I'm against it. Yeah, I don't see the point. I mean, Ralph's he's kind of contradicted himself in saying that you know he might prevent injury and you can take more players off and you've got more matches and that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, he says it, it it's both speeds up and slows the game down. I kind of see mm, his point. No, no. I, I, let's face it. it, it, it it's going to protect the richer teams and you know the the teams with yeah. bigger squads. And you know more resources and stuff like that. I just it's, it it is going to encourage stockpiling of, of players, isn't it? I don't know, Tim. What do you think of it? So there's a there's two benefits to it. Obviously, you're going to want to throw players on that fit the formation to, or you have the opportunity to take for, uh, players off earlier on. That way, you can change things based on if you go two nil down or if you want, uh, if you get an injury at any point in time. Um, I think it's actually it's the mid-tier teams that are really going to be truly affected. The top tier is going to be doing very well because they got that extremely uh, very good bench that they can uh, they can go into. And then for the lower tier teams where everybody is kind of right around the playing field, they don't have that solid eleven. Where Fulham is a good example where they've rotated in you know 14 15 16 different starters in the lineup uh that makes a, a valuable uh, opportunity for them to rotate and change up that formation that maybe get uh, ache out an extra point or get the win that they need yeah. i think it would i think it's really going to it's not going to ch- change us very much cuz ralph doesn't change very many things no, he's that's locked true. into his formation and it might just give the opportunity to refresh the the attacking four or and then if there's any injury that occurs later on or if Romeo gets his yellow card and everything's getting chippy, you know, you might be able to replace him. I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference for us and overall I think I don't think there's going to be a change of course of play. Uh I it's my it's my get best guess. Well, Ralph kind of makes the point that if you've got more fresh players on the, on the pitch at the same time that creates a much more intense game and the players that have already been yeah, playing are going to be more susceptible to injury but put it this way Kev if we're playing against someone like Man City or Man United one you know the teams with really really deep squads and it's say it's nil nil I know I know that it's not going to it might not be this case but if it's well, nil nil some point in the well, match, if, that's true Saints <laughs> Saints score they go one up and it's like the 80th minute Man City have only made one one change. And then, boom, all of a sudden, they bring on four world-class strikers, change the formation. We're fucked. You can't deal with that. Yeah, it, it's something that I, I don't think it needs to be changed. I understand they're doing it in the first place and, you know, during lockdown for burnout and, and, and things like that. And it just gives them more time to recover. And this 
players but, weren't that fit as well at that point. And, and that, but now I just don't think. Why do they have to constantly keep tinkering with things? Why are they so obsessed with changing the way the thing, that things are? If it's not this, it's it's the, uh, the the Super League, and it's just there's always something going on that they need to change. Just fucking leave it alone. It's opportunities, opportunism, though, isn't it? Yeah. As big teams want to do it. Fuck them. <laughs> so let's take let's take this for example. You've got the Chelsea attacking four of Ziyech, Pulisic, um, Verna. Mount, Mount, and uh, and Werner. You can throw on Giroud. Uh, <laughs> you can throw on T- Tammy Abraham. You can throw on uh, CHO uh, Hudson Adoy. And you can throw on another attacking midfielder, if whatever, whomever they have. Kai Havertz. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kai Havertz. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. Just forgot about that. So you can switch up those four and have this such a ridiculous level of intensity at that point. Yeah. It's it's that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, Ralph can only prepare for eleven. That's what he's got to go against. He's going to prepare for that, and then all of a sudden it's just like shit. We got to prepare for the other five. It's it's just an it's just a new game. I I just don't want it touched, to be honest. But it's not up to me. <laughs> not the first time you heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, just a, we we do love a rumor. Brandon Williams. We heard about him um, when the transfer window was open. Rumors he might come in January. What do you think? I mean, it's left like back it. a concerned position wow, for us. I, I like him. I like him a lot. I've seen a lot of him. He does look very good. He's like a modern fullback, as he likes to get forward a lot. And he does stick the ball in the box as well. And I've seen him the first couple of when he was breaking through at United like last season. He looks a real handful at times. And I think he fit us quite nicely in that sort of style that we play. And, and he's dropped down the pecking order at United because like, Luke Shaw is the number one choice. And now they've got that um, Alex Tellis there at, um, at left back just coming in. But I think if he does come into Saints, he's going to play second fiddle, isn't he, to Bertrand. And he will only be used for like yeah. injuries and, and for rest for him. But and, and again, I keep thinking to myself, what does that tell you about Jake Vokins? If we're constantly linked with players like this, he mustn't be that keen on Jake Vokins. Yeah, it's quite damning. We haven't seen him on the bench recently, have we? No. He is a right-footed uh, left-back at this case, so they're often thinking that he might be right, uh, be able to play right-back. And so I think the flexibility of him to be able to play behind Bertrand or Walker-Peters on either of the fullback will cover the will cover the fullback position mm. in in full. I think that's the goal because maybe he just doesn't trust Valerie or Vokins at this point. You don't want to be able to bring those up. You don't want to have another Steven situations, which while he was definitely an, a, a decent infill for that one one time, say one of them goes down, do you trust Vokins? Do you trust Valerie? And Ralph is showing he doesn't. Versatility would be good. It would be. I, I think it would be a good move, but like, I mean, I don't think Ollie will let him go. I mean, didn't, didn't he say that at the end of the transfer window? That was it. He's, he's not going anywhere. And yet, yeah. he still has not played him. Should we round him up? Yeah, let's round him up. <laughs> okay, yeah, I did half of the international roundup last time, so we've only got a few fixtures. And it's quite light on Saints players. Michael Oberfemi, he did play and he started in that Ireland under 21s game against Iceland. Um, he was subbed out in the 74th minute and Ireland then lost in the end after a 93rd minute goal from Jesus Christ. Val, from Valdemar Thor Ingemundersen. Wow. How's about that? Um, Icelandic now as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Carr. Yeah, Stuart Armstrong. He was named in Scotland squad uh, for the Nations League game against Slovakia. Uh, he picked up an early yellow card, but um, played 87 minutes of the 1-0 loss. Bednarek, he played the full length of Poland's 2-0 away loss to Italy in the Nations League. Vestergaard did play in Denmark's 2-1 victory over Iceland, um, but he was subbed off in injury time. So a bit of speculation about that when we recorded on last Sunday. On Monday, Diallo and Bujal Jankovic uh, could have played each other in France on 21s against Switzerland on 21s. Uh, but Diallo was an unused sub in their final group match. Um, and, yeah, when Wial Jankovic uh, came on as a sub, the 60th minute didn't make any difference, and they fell to a 3-1 defeat to France, and that puts France top of the qualifying group for Euro 2021. Yeah, Moussa Gineppo was left out of Mali's ding-dong AFCON qualifier against Namibia. Uh, that they managed to scrape out to one to put themselves top of their group. Um, Michael Oberfemi and Will Ferry both came on at the same time in the 79th minute as substitutes in Ireland's under-21. Uh, 2-1 away win over Luxembourg. Uh, also on Wednesday, Stuart Armstrong, he was an unused sub um, as Scotland lost to Israel. Yeah, but um, that does put them second in their group. Uh, they qualify for the Euros, who cares? Um, but yeah, I think maybe the most interesting one, um, Bednarek, he played 90 minutes of uh, Poland's match against the Netherlands. Full-length pole. Full-length pole, you love to see it. Um, Kamen Juszczak uh, scored an absolute solo wonder goal in the sixth minute, and Biao uh, Chirovoni, they managed to hold out right up to the 77th minute when uh, Janek picked up a little yellow card for hauling Wijnaldum down in the area, uh, conceding a penalty um, that basically <laughs> meant it all went to shit. And um, Wijnaldum headed in a winner in the 84th minute. Um, yeah, um, bad luck, Yannick. And um, other Yannick, Yannick Vestergaard, uh, he was an unused sub in Belgium's 4-2 demolition of Denmark. But those two goals uh, did make a difference, meaning that Denmark finished... Uh, above England in second place in the group. That's shocking, really, isn't it? Yep. That was the international roundup. Excellent. Right. Okay, then. So, Wolverhampton Wanderers, then. Um, yep. going, going into this one, then, we were, of course, looking to extend the winning streak to four for the first time since May 2016, but not a great record at Molyneux. Last win was back in 2007 with that Saganowski hat-trick in that 6-0 win. Uh, but not a win this time, but a very, very good point, which means we are now undefeated in seven, dating back to the 20th of September, that um, Tottenham game. But so, yeah, absolutely nothing to grumble about with a 1-1 scoreline. Walker opening the scoring, only to be cancelled out by a Pedro Neto equaliser. The 11, then, McCarthy, Walker-Peters, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Gineppo, Adams and Walcott. Just the one change from that Newcastle win 17 days prior. Bertrand returns from his hamstring injury. James Ward-Prowse surprisingly fit enough to start after missing those England games. Um, still no Salisu. Redmond also suffering with a hamstring with hamstring issues. Other than that, no surprises, Kev? Um, no, I mean, we all knew that. Um, it'd just take off that tight G-string and it'd be good to go. Um, but yeah, it's good to see Bertie back. Um, 
because yeah, we we all know that Jack fucking Stevens isn't a left back. Uh, but Nor I is think it's a bit. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't mean. <laughs> on, on occasion, though. Yeah. Um, I think the more confusing thing was the Wolves lineup. They mm. they had um, four at the back, as it turned out, <laughs> which pretty much confused everyone. I think every lineup I saw had them filled in a, a back three. And it's apparently the first time in about three years that uh, Wolves have had a back four. That's right. Uh, not something Nuno's never done it. He's never had a, a back four. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, Coco was out after yeah. <laughs> self-isolating. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the bench, then, we've got uh, Forster, Stevens, Teller, Diallo, Unlundalu, Oberfemi and Long. Um, over for me back in the squad, I, I guess that was the one surprise then, Tim. Yeah, I kind of expected it. I mean, there, with Redmond out, who is the next person up on the bench, and they felt that Obafemi was it. So, Nulundalu and Obafemi on, along with Long. That's uh, just where he's, he's taken the best players who are on the uh, in the bench or in the squad and put him on the bench. So. Uh, I guess we're assuming that, uh, that the small bone's still not, not fair. Yeah. He's probably, they're probably nursing or being conservative on, on that injury that he had a while back. Um, but we'll, we'll find out. I don't, I don't know anything on it, but we'll see what we can dig it up. Okay, cool. And as Kev said, yeah, Connor Cody was missing for Wolves, a huge part of their success. They, they changed the whole shape because of him. Um, and a return to the starting level for Adama Traore because he hasn't been used a lot. Um, and, and I thought it's just bloody typical, isn't it? He's going to come straight back into the side and, and, and do us, um, but they kept him quite quiet. Yeah. And we, we started quite well again, didn't we, guys? I, I, if I remember in my notes, I've got written down here, Bertrand whipped in across quite early, and um, it went right through the defence. And Adams was a, maybe a little bit surprised that it fell to him, and was just a little bit late to react. But could have opened the scoring up straight away. Um, yeah, could have, but didn't. I mean, Walker um, was also firing all, on all cylinders from, from the start as well. I mean, there were just so many chances throughout the first half. Um, Hence the name of the episode. Exactly, yeah. I don't think we would be able to get around to talk uh, about all of them. But, um, yeah, about five minutes in, uh, Podence gets fouled by Romeu. Um, I I didn't think it was a foul. I did. Really? I mean, he gets a touch on the ball. Mm, Do you know, when I saw it, I thought he should have been booked. (laughs) Really, five-minute Romeu yellow card. Mm. It's not unknown, is it? No, I thought, oh my God, what's he up to now? Straight away. And I thought, um, the ref, who was the ref? Mariner, Peter Andre Mariner. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was um, being a bit lenient there. But then, you know, having looked at it again, maybe maybe it was the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just made me look at my team sheet again. When I wrote that, I was so tired when I wrote down the team sheet. I was just looking at some of the Wolves players. Uh, Ponce. Pedo <laughs> Neto. Is that Ponce? Pod- pod- <laughs> Just got greasy on the right wing. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Donk. <laughs> just, yeah, just short. You need to learn to write shorthand, Kevin. That is donk. <laughs> sure. No, I mean proper shorthand. It's oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, leading up leading up to that uh, that foul, though, was Benaric's big whiff trying to clear yeah. the ball out. Yeah, shot, yeah. <laughs> That's why Romeo had to step in and take that. Fortunately, the wall took took care of it, took care of it, and did its job. But then Samedo cracked one low, didn't he? And then uh, 
McCarthy, brilliant, brilliant save down low. Oh, and then oh my the rebound God. to, to so Donker or Donk. So amazing. Um, but an even better one, the second one from Maka. That was amazing. The placement of the ball and his, he just, he, not only did he have great positioning, he also got a lot of luck there because where it hit in the shoulder and to be able to skate off uh, behind the goal, uh, it was just, it was for a goalie, it was fantastic, and I loved I loved seeing it. And it only gave him more confidence throughout, as they had a ton of shots here. We're t- looking at somewhere in the range of uh, eight to ten shots or something like that on goal. This the entire game. I was very happy with the with McCarthy. Yes. Oh yes. Um, the, the one chance that I do remember well in that first half was the little moment when when Armstrong finds a little bit of space. He thinks about the shot. He's patient, waits with it, and slips a lovely free ball through to Theo. Um, and Walcott had – he had to hit it first time on the turn, so and the angle was against him. Um, but, yeah, he couldn't. He didn't really uh, didn't really challenge him. But it was good to see Theo finding some space around the back of that, that Cody-less Wolves defence. Cody-less, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a tame effort straight at Rui, Rui Pat, if I saw put him down here. Rui Pat. Mm. Mm. But it wasn't much. I mean, how did you guys see it in, in the, the, the opening 20 minutes? Because I, I, I've got, there was, you know, not much between them. Wolves having that one chance really thwarted by Maka. Saints stopping pretty much everything in the middle. There was there was no sign of Jimenez or Traore. Just no problems. Yeah, I mean, Jimenez, he had 11 touches in the whole of that first half. I mean, we just neutralised him mm. perfectly. And I thought it was going to be a similar situation to what we did with uh, Calvert-Lewin. Just he's just going to be quiet. But obviously he uh, he had his moment in the in the second half. But it's one chance we need, I think, in these kind of matches. That's it. Yeah. It's something that I was confused about. Uh, Peter Andre Mariner. I'm going to call him that from now on, by the way. <laughs> uh, throwing his weight around in the latter stages of that first half, he was giving yellow cards to, to Neves, to Traore, and he stopped Romeu from playing on. Yes, I'm not. I'm funny. not sure what that was for because he never left the pitch originally, did he? And he went to the sidelines to um, lace up his boots. But um, he never went off the pitch. Stop in play, but yeah, he didn't go off the pitch. And um, yeah, Peter Andre Mariner was um, absolutely fucking livid that he'd oh, no. dared to walk back on, on into play um, without asking permission from any of the officials. Um, and did, I think did you yeah, the fourth me? official. Because <laughs> no. I was trying to, but I couldn't do that. Tim, are you versed at lip reading? Because I was, I, I rewound it back to see what he was saying to him because he did look quite livid. I did not get the uh, the lip reading, so sorry about that. Oh. It's, it's it's hard enough. I, I I like listening to him talk. I mean, he's got a nice sleeky slick voice, hmm. um, but couldn't I couldn't tell. Probably a lot of swear words in Spanish. <laughs> Puta madre. Um, <laughs> but when he does get the nod on, I just love it. You sort of comically, you just see him come from the um, from the sideline, just s- slide straight in and clears the ball. Attempts at halftime were in Wolves' favour, um, but I don't think it really did us justice because, yeah, okay, McCarthy was definitely the busier, uh, and he needed to be great at times, and he was. And you know, just that one clear chance for us, really, the the Armstrong one. And he just prodded it wide. Um, Walcott couldn't really do any better with, with his half chance. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I was quite optimistic that we can find some room around the back of that, you know, that reshuffled back four. Yes, yeah. I mean, they, they weren't looking as 
solid as you've come to expect from Wolves. And, um, yeah, without Cody, we, you know, that is a weakness that we should be exploiting. And I thought that we should have done a lot better in the first half. Yeah, and I, I saw the stat that they put up on Sky Sports at halftime and it had me concerned. I don't know if you guys saw it as well, but it, Wolves' second half this season, they're ranked first on percentage of goals scored, goals conceded and percentage of goals conceded. You know, I just thought, wow, <laughs> extraordinary. It, it was just, yeah, it just had me in that bad mindset right there. I thought, well, this, this is great. It's going to happen now then, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the stat I saw was like that they had scored 70% of their goals in the second half or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um, they just sort of sit back and um, wait to pounce and go in for the kill. And um, the, the old cliche about Southampton throwing away a lead, I mean, we didn't have a lead to throw away uh, yet, but um, yeah, we do like to concede a second half goal, don't we? We certainly do. But, Tim, we did open the scoring. 58th minute, Theo Walcott. 15 years after his last one for us. That was January 2006. And he couldn't have asked for an easier one to open his account with. Yeah, 15 years ago, I was an idiot back in high school. So I couldn't imagine being able to play a Premier League game. Well, he was championship at the time. So congrats to him. That's got to be really special. You could see it on his, uh, on his face when he, when he was able to tap it in from the Adams cross, Adams, uh, pass in from the bo- from the outside of the box. Um, there there was definitely a breakdown there. What I saw was when the ball got to Gineppo on the short side of the field that we uh from the T V angle, uh he was able to see Adams on the on the cross. So the I believe this is where the breakdown was with the eight Nuri. Um he took the inside man or Armstrong made a run just kind of a subtle on the inside, was able to get to Adams and at that point in time he tried to initially uh, pass the ball in with a you know with a nice quick easy one to go into Armstrong didn't work second shot through went through straight through the legs of um, the Wolves player at the time uh, and then Walcott with a tap in Cemento just ball watching at it it, it was there's a breakdown on their end but classic finishing from Walcott uh, and just being able to be in the right position Kev what's your opinion on the build up to that goal and, and in particular you know that, that Armstrong nudge on 8 Nori was it really, really a foul no that's right. I mean, I, well, I wanted your opinion, but yeah, in my opinion, no. I, it, it, it just man up a bit, you know. It's, it's, I don't know why they make a big deal about it. Yeah. Because he was rolling around on the floor crying. Because that's what oh, but, that's what modern football is. Oh well, suck it, loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing wrong with it. No, Back in no, my yeah. day. <laughs> yes. Jumpers for goalposts and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the 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 the. You know, the battler that is Shea Adams to keep that ball in and, and send it across to, to Walcott who quite easily could have <laughs> blasted it over the crossbar but um, yeah I think in those little split second moments where he's got, got the space for the tap in no problem Yeah, but then my criticism of Theo has always been the same plenty of action but rarely has that end product and you know became a bit wasteful and that was my analysis of him when he was at um, Arsenal, he was just because he wanted to play that number nine role. But I think it was um, Wenger that came out and said he's not a natural goal scorer, so he can't play that role. And which is, I mean, it's, it's okay. He's filling in a gap for us. He can do that just fine. But that chance mm-hmm. on the 65th minute to go two 0 up, I'm going to say oh, it. God. Danny Ings would have buried it. Yeah. And that game, that ga- that was a game, pretty much. 
it, I, I, I hate to look back at that and say, you know, if it had been 2 0 up, that could have been it. But I think it could have been, to be honest. Yeah, it could have been, should have been, um, wasn't. I think even even Shea would have dispatched that in sure. the form that he's in now. And it was, I mean, it was such a gift of a, a, a ball from Adams to him. Oh, um, yes. He, yeah. I thought he was offside, but no, he was like he timed his run perfectly. Um, Adams managed to, to spot him and see that yeah, he just makes that run and he's one on one with the keeper and uh, child's play really. But uh, yep. yeah, just managed to roll it wide. I misspoke earlier because I said classic Theo finishing, and uh, I, I, should, I should have said that he his finishing has been the problem. Now that's kind of it's always well known. Uh, rather, it was a classic in the goal tap in finishing that even Walcott couldn't miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't. Um, Wolves made a made a substitution. They brought Pedro, Pedro Neto on, and already he, he was causing some problems. Uh, yeah. And Kai Walker Peters had a crucial block at uh, you know the first touch that uh, Pedro Neto had, um, but then you know five minutes after he comes on, Jimenez finds some space, hits the post, and Neto's there on the rebound. Now, <laughs> Vestergaard a little bit too slow in getting to Jimenez there, Kev. Yeah, you end up on the floor. Um, yeah, just, just looked a little turn. bit too slow to just get to him. You could see that Saints were all organised in the build-up. It looked like they were, you know, they had a nice strong light. It looked like Jimenez was going nowhere. It was all tied up, and all of a sudden he's got space. And I had to keep closing it back, saying, "How? How did he find that space?" And it just looks like Vestergaard. Well, he's it. sort of gesturing, like yeah, with know, his arms, like look at all that space. Like, come mm. on, get it here. Um, and yeah, Vestergaard a little bit, a little bit slow to react. But just yeah, did he get nutmegged by him? Uh, on the way in. He may as well have done. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But this so. the shot hits the post. You've got the you've got the slowest guy on the pitch guarding the fastest guy on the pitch who's also baby oiled up, who's looking around slippery, <laughs> can't catch it can't catch the guy. So uh the greased up deaf guy in Family Guy, if you ever see that, you can't catch you just can't catch him. It's really funny. Um but yeah, seeing Vestergaard, he did his best and I think he did I, I honestly think he couldn't have done any better because Traore has that speed and he just got you know, he got around him a few times. Uh who scored gave Traore the best run and the majority of those passes came through the came through the right. So seeing how Vestergaard did, seeing that I don't uh that Traore didn't affect any didn't create any goal scoring chances and by I mean actually excuse me uh, what I mean is his his actions never led to a direct goal score mm. at that time so that to me is a success you know what the way everything was cleared out and how the goal scored that wasn't um, that wasn't because of Traore no no I mean right. he'd knackered himself back out by that point I think he was just stood watching um, a few just on the edge of the um, penalty area when when that goal went and as if he couldn't be bothered. Mm. We, we dealt with them quite well. I mean, we did, yeah. Romeo versus Traore. I mean, that could be a, a pay-per-view boxing match, couldn't it? Yes. Oh God, yeah, that would be good. Tim, Gineppo comes off for Shane Long. What, what's Ralph thinking here? 
So he put Walcott back in the left attacking midfielder position. So mm-hmm. he's thinking that uh, getting the balls over the top, and he thinks that Long's speed, the fresh speed up there, along with a few headers, maybe he was able to expose and get off of Bully and find whoever else is a climbing or who, uh, or if they're having like that back three, back four kind of mix up. He thinks that Long can get the right uh, match up there and hopefully knock one down, get somebody in to be able to pass it around. Kevin, the game kind of fizzled out from there, really, didn't it? Um, and w- Wolves were the only side that looked, looked interested in winning. Now, were you disappointed by this, or was it the right call to just like sit back and defend this lead? Or defend, defend um, the point, rather? Yeah, I think after that Walcott goal, we just took our foot off the gas and got got punished for it. Because, um, yeah, I mean, that's really what Wolves were waiting for. But, so, but, but, but when Wolves got that equaliser and when it was when they were looking like they were going to go and win the game, you know, if you were the manager now, what would you say? Would you say, like, you keep going, try and get the winner or let's sit back on a point? Um, I can kind of understand his frustration because, I mean, bringing Shane Long on normally does open up something in the game. But, um, yeah, he was fairly ineffective, wasn't he, for his mm. little 10-minute cameo? And, I mean, you're looking a bit further down the, the subspension thinking, I don't really have a huge amount here to to make the difference. No, it brings Diallo on. Diallo comes on for, for a cameo again, as usual, one now, and Armstrong was the player's sacrifice. I mean, that, that change could have happened a lot sooner, if I'm honest. Get, get some fresh legs and shore up the middle a little bit some more. And if you're not going for the win, you better fucking make sure that you keep, get this point now. Yeah, but I think I mean, there's you know, slightly more exciting options in um, Teller. I mean, he could maybe yeah. uh, come on for Stu or, um, yeah, Oberfemi. You'd be thinking that he'd be an ideal candidate, wouldn't you? But sure. um, again, wasn't even considered. No, and then that was it. It, it was it was 1-1. Um, a fair result, Tim? Happy with it? No, I think it was fair. I think we said that the Wolves were going to be a very much of a challenge. They're not going to play to. Uh, they're not going to play well to our strengths. We t- we play well against teams who attack. Um, teams that sit back. We've had a notorious level challenge. Uh, what do, what do Wolves do? It seems like they seem to dink around until the 70th minute and then turn on. Good for them. Like that's that's their style of play. It looked they were boring to me, and you know you want to have an exciting, entertaining style. Um, they've got talent. They've got style. They've got their own style. Uh, overall, one one. If they said if you said at the beginning it's going to be a tie, it's going to be one one. Totally fine. I would have. That's what Same I would have guessed. Same there, mate. I would have taken it. I say wolves are tough. They are tough, especially at Molineux, and I would have taken a point before the game. And if I'm honest, you know, it felt like a bit of a snatch and grab being one up. Because I thought, well, we don't really deserve it. But, you know, if we had gone two up, I didn't think so. who knows? No, well, I'm not saying that we, we, I'm not saying Wolves were incredible. They should have, they should be smashing us. But like, like I said, it was, I think it was a fair result. I think a draw either way was fair. I think McCarthy was definitely the, the, the busier. But, yeah, I don't, do you think us winning that game would have been fair? Um, if Theo had put away that chance and we we could have um, shut up shop um, I mean our defensive well like we did against them last massive, year you mean. But, <laughs> ooh, um, yeah with the same result at Moroni but um, no nah, I think not at that point I mean there's what 
20 minutes left, um, I think we could have seen it out and uh, just throw everyone at Neto. I think we could have done that. Let's take a look at – so let's take a look at the Austin Villa game compared to this one because if they had – we had extreme amount of clinical finishing, which is why we were, got four goals up and then just all of a sudden died because of injuries or whatever it might be. If Theo did finish that, you know, a realistic 2-1 or even 2-2 would have probably came uh, came about from it. I definitely can, would believe that they would score, continue to have scored a goal, and but because of that extended clinical finishing that we could have had with Theo, um, there would have been a much better chance of winning. Yeah, but having said that, you know, a solid point. I, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, unbeaten in seven, as I said. Uh, and the, the stats, uh, possession 54% to us. That surprised me a little bit. Uh, seven shots to their 20, and nine of those were on target. Um, that that seems like a, a, a one-sided stat, but it doesn't really tell the whole story, does it? Um, you know, they, they had to defend well against us and work extremely hard to break us down. 20 tackles from us in total. Um, I just think it was a very hard-fought battle for both, in truth. And Wolves certainly upped their game in the second half, whereas we just cruised a little and, and, and tried to make it a little bit more difficult. But as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And that, uh, that leaves us on 17 points now in fifth place. Uh, man of the match. I don't think this is going to be a really difficult one. Who wants to go first on their man of the match? I'll get mine out of the way and just say I don't think we've talked about him enough. I mean, those stats, those nine shots that Wolves had on target, I mean, most of those were saved by Alex McCarthy in outstanding fashion. Um, You've got that Podence header and, yeah, that that double save. Uh, It was another shot from Podence in the second half and right at the death, um, Neto has a decent shot and uh, Maka gets a boot to it so yeah, yeah I'm going to uh, pass the the Alex McCarthy bat on, on to me? Tim oh. <laughs> As, uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of praise to be lavished on him for that yeah oh it's easily McCarthy. Lots of different, ch- lots of different chances on their end. They peppered us for more shots on goal than we had shots on for total. Uh, to me, he easily stood out. Uh, you know, with in the, let's let's bring this up. You know, with Pope faltering, uh, Pickford being the guy who you know Pickford is outside of yeeting the ball down the field. What else is he good at? You know, right now, and then Henderson not getting game time at Manchester United. Who's who's next man up? And uh, you know, McCarthy keeps doing this. Yeah, he's not he's not the you know the best with his feet, but he's consistent. He's constant. Great guy. Would love to see him in, you know, hit the England bench if they can. But congrats to him. Great match. He was the top sc- uh, who scored, um, who, who scored player and well deserved. I want to give it to Shane Long. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, it's a no, <laughs> no brainer for me. Uh, McCarthy, full house. Um, he's the reason we didn't lose this game. It's simple. Um, eight, eight saves from him. Um, as many as he's made in the Premier League since 2013. Kai Walker-Peters was solid too. I think he needs a bit of a mention because I know he made an error. He lost the ball at one point, um, but that block that he made was key. Um, mm. He was good on the ball. He had four tackles. He led in interceptions, blocks and pass completions. Most dribbles and most successful dribbles as well. So Kai Walker-Peters needs a good shout out as well. But the reason that we didn't lose this game was because of Alex McCarthy. 
So, yeah, man of the match, no brainer. Good performances from Romelu Prousey yes. as well. Bednarek, um back on form. No one had a poor game, did they? No one had a, a devastatingly crap game. You can't look at someone and say, oh, they were crap today. Um, I think the closest you can come, um, yeah. <laughs> Verstappen? Um, Vestergaard <laughs> needs to, um, to get better on uh, Jimenez. Jimenez is um, a good player. Yeah, so that was a, a bit of a fool. And Gineppo, I just find him frustrating. That, um, again, I just want to see Gineppo with space and time. I just want to see him get that ball and just run at people because that is the that is the thing that he's great yeah, at. Just, just don't get just enough. Run it to the goal line. He just doesn't he get enough does. chance to do it. He's always crowded out. He's always isolated over there on the left. I just think if we can see him just behind the front too at one, but at some point he would be he would be magical. I just want to see it more. Okay, Manchester United then, Sunday the 29th, that's 2pm kickoff, and it's live on Sky Sports. Uh, Man United, what, what what can we say about Solskjaer's United that hasn't already been said? That, they seem to, like, scrape results, don't they? They go on a bit of a run, then they go on a downer, and then they scrape another to keep Solskjaer in a job. They've got strengths all over the field, you know, and back up. But they also have a load of weaknesses as well, mainly that, that centre-back pairing. They never seem to have a settled centre-midfield as well, like that holding role. They've got the likes of Fred, Matic, McTominay. They've got Van der Beek, Pogba, of course. Uh, it just seems to change from week to week. Um, and you know, I, and I realise they're in the Champions League and they need to have that deep squad, and they've got that. But there's just no consistency there. And I believe now they are playing weekend midweek straight through until mid-January. But like I say, they, they you know they have the depth to deal with it, and it's it's, it's not new to them. Uh, but where where is this game won and lost? Yeah, on the pitch, I imagine. <laughs> Do you know what? I could rely on you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's not much more you can say. We don't you don't know which Manchester United is going to turn up, do you? Um, I mean, so they seem to have been. Um, Doing the job recently, they beat um, West Brom at home, didn't they? And um, fairly convincingly beat Everton as well. Well, they're, they're currently sat in 10th place on 13 points, but they have a game in hand. That game in hand is Burnley. If we are to assume that they win that game, they are in and around us in the table. So it's, it's all very, very close. But like the, the, the inconsistencies is the bit that I, I, I don't get with them because since they got fucked by Spurs... 6-1 at home, by the way. Uh, not the only team to get fucked by Spurs. Um, but they beat Newcastle 4-1. They held Chelsea to 0-0. They lost at home again to Arsenal without without scoring. And, and as you said, that Everton game, fantastic result and performance. They beat Everton 3-1. Poor performance, but a victory against West Brom. Um, and that was their first home win of the season last Saturday. That's shocking, isn't it? United seem to be missing the support of their fans most. It seems. I and mean, you're a team like Man United and you can't win at home. That that Something's wrong. It's got something to blame it on, haven't you? <laughs> they might need that, yeah. But uh, when they're on form, though, they've got so many weapons that, you know, that are going to harm us or could possibly harm us. You know, Rashford, Martial, Cavani, Bruno Fernandes, Mata, Greenwood. Uh, D- Daniel James has hurt us in the past. And look at in that Champions League form as well. I mean... They're top in a group consisting of Paris Saint-Germain, Leipzig and Istanbul. And they've won in Paris. They whipped Leipzig 5-0. They had a big home win yesterday against Istanbul. 4-1, I think that was. Um, but I don't know, Kev. If I'm honest, I'm not worried about them. 
And I don't know why. It's just they don't seem to bother me because Saints seem seem to have their number at the moment. What I would think, though, is Southampton's going to be overlooked for Man United because they're playing PSG on Wednesday. So you're talking about the midweek, end week, midweek, end week, midweek, end week. Mm. This is it. Like, this is the game that they're going to think, oh, but, we just But they've also got a big squad to do that. As you say, they're playing – one week they're playing Matic and Fred in the centre of midfield, and the next week they're playing Pogba and, and Mata. And it's just like, what? you know, they have, like, they have the squad that can deal with it. They have quality and depth, world-class. Despite the quality and depth, their eyes could be looking ahead. They could mm. not be – they may be focused on that PSG matchup. But having they said that, such... Tim, they are top of that group. And they had a big win yesterday. You know, they only need a point now, I believe, and they're and they're free to the to the last sixteen. So their their goal is to get the is to get the top seed, top seed of the group. They want to be top, and if this is the chance to do it, if they beat PSG or they you know they tie them or if they beat them specifically, they're going to go top of that group, and it's they're going to get they're going to get the uh, the second pool, which is going to be mm. a whole lot better. Sure, um, you're gonna, you might get Seville or you might get somebody else who's going to qualify, but not necessarily going to be a world beater. Um, like you don't want to end up with Barcelona or you don't want to Bayern Munich. You know you don't want to end up with those in the first round. <laughs> I think United. Are Take Barcelona at the moment, to be honest. A Cumin-led Barcelona, anyway. Because because well, they could because Juventus is in Barcelona, so they could still end up getting it, and most likely then, if that's the case, Barcelona is going to end up there. So we're gonna let's hope that Ole is going to think this is an afterthought. Like you, they're going to be looking ahead. They want to be in all of their teams going to be looking ahead. I want them to have a game plan on you know on tomorrow or Friday that's all about PSG. Because mm-hmm. that way, once they get that, once they get that out of their head, they're like, "Oh, we have to play Southampton, and we have to travel all the way down to the south coast." It's a, you know, it's a pain. You know, you got to deal with this. Oh well, you know, it's an early kick. You know, it's an early kickoff for them. Whatever it might be, uh, mm. we would just want them to think us, think of us as an afterthought, and then us to go right at them and take advantage of it. Yep, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I, w- I would say that United are used to this. They've been doing this for the last twenty odd years now. You know, I don't know if they overlook teams quite like that but well you know we'll see we'll see um they fielded quite a strong squad against um istanbul as well didn't they they did yeah. and they you say that they're playing um weekday and weekends right up to january but i mean in the champions league they're going to get those five subs and um they can use them to rest players so and it's not new to them is it it's that's in their grain it's that it's what they do every year um but Kevin, Solskjaer, Solskjaer United are very much beatable. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that this season, haven't we? Yep, and some injury news for them actually. Uh, Victor Lindelof and Aaron Wan-Bissaka could miss that game because they both really they both come off. They both come off. Yeah, um, Lindelof with a back problem, but I mean, missing out Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I think he's fantastic at right back. I think he's one of the best uh, t- uh, tackling right backs that the Premier League has got. I think he's fantastic and. That could be absolutely massive for us if he's if he's missing, and it also leaves a massive gap in my fantasy football team. Also, oh shit! Mm. Have you got both of them? Uh, no, I won't be stupid enough to have our Victor Lindelof. <laughs> um, 
last season then, it was the 1-1 at home. I think you went to that game, didn't you, uh, Tim? Yes, I did. That was my first and only game and loved every second of it. Um, I was there too. Daniel, Daniel James had probably was in the first 15 minutes or so. 12 minutes, exactly I believe, yeah. The 12-minute 12, the 12 timestamp, he just took one in from the left side, uh, crossed over and hit a banger too, outside, yeah. of, uh, outside of gun. Then Vestergaard got his first goal from a from – Pretty much Danzo, Danzo's only contribution from all of last year. It was a crazy curled cross, and where I was at, I can I was looking straight at Danzo and saw that saw that cross. It was so beautiful. Wasn't that the and game then, that Danzo got red card as well? That so is correct. Know. Yes, it yeah. was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they played him out of position. He got two yellows. He definitely slid tackle. Just walked straight off the field. And of course, you know, you're, you're dealing with Mike Dean at any point in time. Uh, and you know, you got 25 minutes, you're holding on for dear life. And if you said you can walk out of that game 1-1 and get a red, if, even if you got red carded, I would have took it and been happy. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and of course, uh, Old Trafford, that late, late equalizer back in July now, 2-2 draw, Armstrong and Oberfemi with the late one. But this time then, chaps, Score predictions. Who wants to go first? Um, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Okay. Um, I might jump in and also take a draw. Um, you've got a repeat of last season's fixture. I'm going to go with a repeat of the away fixture from last season, say 2-2. Two, two. You're going for Desmond, are you? Mm. Okay. Tim. Let's go for it. 1-0 win. Ooh, I like it. I mean. Who's going to score, Tim? Uh, do I get double points for this? No. Nah. <laughs> I just want to know. Uh, let's, I, want, I want to say I'd be, you know, be ironic and say a penalty kick by Ward Prowse for us to win since they get so many penalty kicks. But I'm going to go with uh, an Adams slip, uh, slippery, slippery shot that just po- pokes it right in. Um, since Lindelof is not going to be there, McGuire is obviously going to play. Um, but whomever is their other center back that they're going to have is uh, Eric Bailly. Eric Bailly or um, Axel, whomever, whomever it is. Yeah, yeah. Going with one zero. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a Harry Maguire own goal. It's going to come off. I was going to say. It's going to come off his face from a corner. That's what's going to happen. (laughs) It's big blockhead. Is he going to be marking one of his own centre backs again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, okay, I think that is it this week. There's no no extra time this week. We'll catch up with all the, the fantasy football, the predictions, Super 6 and stuff on the next episode, which will be after the United game on Sunday. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. And the pod is done. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.